Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it focuses on getting us into God's Word for a short Bible study each day, about 12 minutes, and in that way to help keep our focus on our spiritual lives, our relationship with God, and of course, on learning more from God's Word. We want to encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. Your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. In so doing, you can help them have a better day, have a better mindset to take on the day, whatever the day might throw at them. You can help them learn more from God's Word, and so thereby learn more of His will for their lives. You can help them start to focus on their souls and their relationship with God, and you may help them get on the right path that will lead them ultimately to eternal life with God in Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Think what a great impact you can have on others. So please do share. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages and maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So take advantage of the opportunity you ha- the opportunity that you have and share these short studies with others. I want to talk for the next several days about the restoration plea. Restoration plea. What are we talking about? Well, when you restore something, you don't just change the color. You don't just give it a facelift. When you really restore something, you go back to the original pattern, whatever it was, design, the original look. I've known different people or met different people who restore, oh, vintage automobiles. Well, they don't just, again, give it a new coat of paint, you know, a different color. They don't just pull in new seats and make it up to date and all of that. They go back to the original plan, the original look. If they need to, they take the paint off down to the original steel body, and then they paint it the exact same color it was when it was originally manufactured. When they work on the interior, they try to put all of the original design back into that interior. When they're looking at replacing the parts under the hood, they're going to try to find vintage parts that were the exact kind of parts that were there in that particular automobile when it was first manufactured. You know, I used to preach and live in southeast Louisiana for a great many years. And I would, uh, my wife and I would go and play tourist. Now, I still go back and play tourist with my wife. And we would walk through the French Quarter. We'd look at all of the buildings. And one thing that I came to learn was that if you want to, say you buy a building in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and you say, you know, I want to change the color of this building. I'm, it's, it, right now it's whatever the color is. I think I want to paint it red, or I want to paint it green, or I want to paint it yellow. Well, you cannot paint a different color on that particular building without getting permission from the overseeing or governing authorities as to what the French Quarter is supposed to look like. And you probably will not get permission to change the color because they want to keep it looking like the original when they were when those buildings were first built when the first when the French Quarter was was first 
was first designed and brought into being way, way back. You see, they want to keep it like the original. So you can go in and restore it to look just like it was, but as far as changing the color and changing the design of the building and the outside, probably not going to get permission to do that. Well, the restoration plea we're talking about from a spiritual perspective, we're talking about what the church should be. We need to restore the church to its origin, its original design from God himself laid out for us in the scriptures. The restoration plea has been taught in our land for about two centuries now. But many people in this generation, many people who are alive right now, they've never heard of the restoration plea. Well, it says simply, let us speak where the Bible speaks and be silent where the Bible is silent. In other words, just let us just keep the Bible, God's word, the Holy Scriptures, as our guide as to what we ought to be as the church. It goes on and says, let us call Bible things by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways. Let's restore the church as it was in the days of the apostles. What a great plea. So many people have come along over the ages since our Lord and Savior ascended back to heaven, having established the church on this earth. They've come along and they've made changes all along the way. They've changed what the church teaches. They've changed the structure of the church. They've changed what the church stands for and stands on. They've changed their view of the Bible in many cases. Well, how sad that is, because in doing so, they have changed the church. I've made a point in teaching for many years now that the Apostle Paul, he laid out for the Galatian congregations in Galatians chapter 1 that there is only one gospel. And he says, I marvel that someone has come in and you have accepted, or at least you're flirting with the idea of accepting a changed gospel. And then he quickly says, which is not another, but there are some who would pervert the gospel. Now, the point that I've tried to make is whenever you change the gospel, well, it's no longer the true gospel. The gospel is what we find in the scriptures. To change it in some way is to change its identity. It's no longer the true gospel. When we change the church that the Lord established on this earth, we change its design, we change its structure, we change its teaching, its belief, all of that, and you could probably name some other facets of it as well, then it's no longer that same church. We need to simply get back to what the Bible says and let the Bible speak where the, let us speak where the Bible speaks, let us be silent where the Bible is silent. Now that bothers a lot of people because they say, well, we need to bring the church up to date. Why? Was it not perfect as the Lord established it? Was it not perfect in the design that God had in his mind going back before the ages? How can we do better 
than the design that God had and laid out for us in his word for the church. We're not that smart, and we don't have that authority. We need to speak where the Bible speaks. We need to be silent where the Bible is silent. We need to just get back to calling Bible things by Bible names instead of trying to innovate things to fit our times. And we need to do Bible things in Bible ways. The simpler, the better. You know, when you have a problem of a mechanical nature, what do you look for? Let's say you have a problem with your car and you start to hear a knock or you start to detect a little bit of a noise someplace. Well, what do you do? Do you immediately start tearing the engine apart? Do you immediately drop the transmission and start opening it up and seeing if anything is in there? You don't do that, do you? Because probably the problem is not in either one of those components of that automobile. You look for the simplest answer. And a whole lot of times, if not the vast majority of the times, that's going to be the solution. Where would be the simplest answer to this particular problem? Well, we need to just get back to the simpler way that the Bible has laid out for the church to be, to believe, to teach, to practice, to conduct itself. So let's restore the church as it was in the days of the apostles. Now, when one speaks of a restoration plea, four things at least could be implied. First, the restoration plea implies that God had a plan for the church, and indeed he did. We'll talk about that in some detail. The second implication is that the restoration plea implies that God expects us to continue to follow his plan. He's a whole lot smarter, a whole lot wiser than we are. We simply need to follow God his way. Third, the restoration plea implies that man left God's pattern. Thus, the idea of restoration. If the church had not been changed by a lot of people, there would be no need for a restoration of the church. And then fourth, the restoration plea implies that God wants his people to restore his original pattern today. Now why? Because it's God's pattern. Because that is God's will for his church. We're going to come back and look at each of these in some depth and detail and reason together as to how important it is for us to get to the mindset of restoring the church of the New Testament as it was established by our Lord Jesus Christ and as it was, was taught and built by the apostles in that first century. We can't do better than that. Let's pray together. Father, we pray for your wisdom and your guidance as we seek and strive to follow you according to your will. Help us, Father, to recognize the importance of being the church that you sent your Son to establish on this earth. 
and the foolishness and the wrongness of trying to change it to fit what we want or what our culture wants in these days and age. We pray, guide us in this, Father. Give us your wisdom and help us to be corrected when we make mistakes along the way. And bottom line, to you be the glory. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.